Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. You know, every once in a while we have return guests, but the qualification for you to be a return guest is you have to have a good job on the first podcast. And Andrew really was a whole bunch of fun to interview. Now, the first time I interviewed, it was like a couple of years ago. So he reached out and he said, hey, Matt, I've got some really great content for your show. Uh, we looked it over. My team talked about it. We're like, yeah, dude, this is freaking awesome. This is going to be great, great, great information because we're going to talk about some things when it comes to RIAs that are not only applicable now within this COVID situation in 2020, but it's also going to have great evergreen opportunity so that if you listen to this in 2021, 2022, it's still going to have applicability. Andrew Healy, co-founder at Water and Wall. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that is here in just a minute before I uh, welcome to the show. So, Andrew, welcome to the show. Matt, beautiful opening. I really appreciate hey. uh, you having me back. Well, okay, brother. So, so first off, before we jump into the real content here, can, would you mind telling everybody just a little bit about what Water and Wall is and what you do? Absolutely. Sure. So Water & Wall, we're an independent, integrated marketing and communications firm focused on the financial services space. So we help uh, brands across the financial spectrum, asset managers, fintechs, private equity, RIAs, wealth managers, and um, you know help them craft their story, figure out what their story is, distribute it, engage with their clients, and ultimately help increase their profile and, and you know support recruiting. Uh, raise assets. Every client has a different goal, but really trying to help uh, use storytelling to get them to where they're looking to get. And we've been doing a lot of space in the RIA channel for the past coming up 10 years. And it's one of our favorite, uh, favorite sectors to work in. Well, you and me both brother. So you guys, uh, just so everybody kind of understands this, what they, they are the next level of where we are. So they work with the larger companies where we work with the, like the independent financial advisors, which is why it's going to be so cool to be able to talk about what's going on in this RIA digital world, just people becoming RIAs and getting out of the broker dealers and what's going on. So dude, I'm just going to start right there. How has this global pandemic changed what you're seeing within the industry just across the board, especially with RIAs? So, I mean, the pandemic really shut down everything. I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, I, I just had to pause because I was just sort of reliving what, what late Feb, early March looked like and felt like, and it was, it was pretty scary. I, I would say our clients, really, as we hit mid-March to maybe mid-April, there's a lot of paralysis. A lot of clients were just sort of, you know, taking a pause, taking a breath, and really just figuring out what was taking place and making sure that people were safe and their families were safe. So it, it was a pretty, you know, shell-shocked time. But I'll say, you know, particularly, you know, related to the 2008 financial crisis, brands were much more nimble, reacted a lot quicker. Brands, I mean, you know, given the, how severe the virus was and how much uncertainty there was, you got to give RIAs a lot of credit for how they were kind of able to keep a steady pulse. Their clients were reaching out to, to them on, on an hourly basis, and it was a really, really jarring time. But they did a fantastic job. Once we got towards late April, early May, and you know the markets were recovering and you know people were getting a little bit more confident, things started to sort of come back. 
but it's the great equalizer as they've been talking about and great disruptor. And one thing that we've been seeing, and I've been reading about this in multiple industries is technology changes or changes in general that were supposed to take, you know, say five to, or, or 10 years took two or three months. Um, you know, take a look at how RIA's day-to-day work has been impacted by this. I mean, it's, it's, it's completely different than back in February and, and January, but they reacted to it. Their clients reacted to it. You know, I think a big thing with our RIAs and their, you know, their advisors and the clients is everyone's in the same boat. Everybody was shut down. Everybody had to work from home. I think some advisors who were maybe a little bit hesitant about doing video conferencing or, you know, really sort of dipping their toes in the digital marketing pool, all of a sudden were forced to do so. And guess what? They did a pretty good job and their clients were very happy about it. And so it, it was a very uh, unusual time and it still is, of course, yeah. but the advisors reacted fantastically and there's, there's a lot of work to be done, but uh, it's been great seeing what they've been doing for their clients because it's their, their clients have needed them more than ever. Yeah. Yeah, that, that crisis of confidence that so many of them have had uh, in having the ability to reach out in a very convenient manner, which we're going to talk about here more in just a few minutes. But I remember getting into this industry you know, 10, 15 years ago, and everybody who I worked with said, you know, this is the slowest moving industry. They don't change. And dude, <laughs> they're eating their hats now because of the unbelievable amount of people who have gone all virtual, all digital, e-cig, all of those things yeah. has made a humongous difference. But here's the kicker, right? The client experience, right? So this is where your expertise and our ex- expertise is, is really, really important to make sure that we're creating content for our clients' clients or our clients directly to communicate what's going on in a very easily consumable manner. So, so important. We've had to and you help with this even more than we do, is redefine the client experience. What, what are you seeing there? So what we're seeing there is our, our advisors had a lot of preconceived notions about what the clients were looking for, and they weren't always correct. Business has been conducted the same way for a very long time. People like habits because they're, they're familiar and they're easy, and that's on the client side as well. We talked earlier about this being the great you know, equalizer. I mean, this changed everything across the board. So it literally forced them to change, when I say them you know, being RIAs, change the way that they conducted business. Traditional networking, the traditional golf outings and steak dinners and you know, ways you would interact with clients or you would network and meet with potential prospects were out the window. So if you can't meet face-to-face, well, how can you stay in touch? Digital marketing offers some, some pretty good, great strategies there. So it you know, literally forced them to, and for the advisors who were maybe hesitant about jumping into this, to take a look into video conferencing and e-signature and contents and webinars and blogs and you know, launching email marketing strategies, which continue to be one of the most effective ways our clients sort of get their messages out there. And these things were driving traffic and traffic leads to leads and leads lead to new clients and that leads to increased revenue. So it's the, the first say, you know, 60 days or so of the virus were really scary. I want to be very sensitive to, you know, the, the huge impact that it had and, and, and the deadly toll that it did take. But as we sort of, you know, the dust settled from that sort of initial, initial first first wave or so back in, uh, I guess, the spring at this point, advisors have really sort of picked themselves up. And, you know, you talked about the client experience. I, I think you sort of really hit it right on the uh, on the head there. Advisors were always worried that clients would resist change and many of them have embraced it and it has allowed advisors to really sort of optimize the way they work to become a little bit more productive and and, and efficient and it has sort of changed up how they can service clients and i think particularly back in the early days 
clients need financial planning, they need, you know, their, their you know, investment portfolio tweaks and all of that. But, you know, a lot of the time what clients are looking for is just sort of a, a, a steady, confident hand, somebody who they can sort of rely on who will be there to tell them that the world's not going to come to an end. It's, it's often it's, you know, you're, you're not always talking about geopolitical environment. Clients are human. They're looking for someone to talk to. They're looking for someone to just sort of calm them down a little bit, almost like a therapist. And I think advisors, that's a big part of what they do. And I think the virus, even though it was absolutely terrible, did a, gave advisors a good opportunity to really sort of re-emphasize the value add and sort of the offerings that they bring. And it's not often just the investment in the portfolio stuff and the tax and insights, because those are all table stakes and great advisors all do that. It's connecting with your advisors or with your clients. It's diving into those relationships. It's sort of building on the years of those relationships that have been, uh, have been growing. And look, when times are tough, that's when you know people remember who who was there for them. And advisors yeah. were there for their clients. This is, I think, I think the you know the client loyalty that will be built out of this year will continue. And I think you know clients are or advisors are already telling us that their clients are giving them more referrals than ever. Mm-hmm. They're really hearing more and more about uh, from prospects are coming to them from some of the content that they're creating. The advisors are growing. They are finding new cities that they can expand in now that they're not beholden to a specific office. I mean, it's, it's almost the sky's the limit. And there's still a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot going on with the markets that their clients are very attuned to. But I would say the clients weren't necessarily concerned about their portfolio rebalancing. Their clients were concerned about you know much bigger things. Yeah. And advisors were able to early on just sort of be there for them, working 24-7, but be that sort of steady rock that clients needed. And the clients will remember that. Yeah. I want to back up to something that you said a a few seconds ago, which was super fun, which is the idea of the sky is the limit, right? Uh, I remember this was a long time ago before Zoom was really big and video conferencing was rather cumbersome. I had a client who lived in Texas, and he spent three months out of the year on his boat. It was, it was quite large. And he would meet with his clients using a video conference tool on his boat, and his clients loved it. Where are you right now? Oh, my God, show me the view. Because he could work remotely because, well, we can all work remotely. There's really uh-huh. not a lot of reason to, to have physical space. There, Yes, there are for some things. But what we do, advice giving, uh, is, is not as necessary. So... Now, when you're talking to your clients and you're talking about creating content, because we have opened up the sky and you can work pretty much not only from anybody or anywhere, but with anyone, are you seeing a refinement of their views on what their target market should be? Are they, are they opening it up? Are they tightening it down? Andrew, what are you seeing? You know, I think we're not seeing as many tightening down. What we saw on, I would say, sort of the first 90 days, that first wave, a lot of it was just, you know, really focusing on the current clients that they had. Advisors are always looking to grow their book as they should. But, you know, for those first 90 days or so, you know, the, the current client roster was really what they wanted to make sure they were reaching out to, make sure the clients were feeling confident about their plan, making sure if they had any questions whatsoever that they felt that they, th- those questions were being answered. Launching into new, either whether there's territories or launching, you know, new specialty offerings. We're seeing some of that, but I think what we're seeing now is just like an advisor recruiting was sort of put on pause, that's since come back 
but the prospects and leads generation has started to come back into the place in sort of early summer or so where advisors started to get referrals from their clients or because of the content that they were creating or because other non-clients were, you know, maybe, uh, you know, haven't been hearing from their advisors and were a little bit upset about it. All of a sudden folks had had a chance to catch their breath and were looking for a new advisor. So I'd say in June or so, we heard from a lot of our clients what they were hearing from their clients and prospects. And that was exciting because I would say, I mean, look, if, if in early March you told advisors, hey, look, the next 60 days are going to be scary, but I promise you, your, your book is going to grow come this summer. I don't think a lot of folks would have believed you and rightfully so, because there was a lot of uncertainty, but I think that uncertainty and every one of these experiences either proved to them that, Hey, they have the advisor that is right for them. People that were there for them 24 seven and were able to sort of be that stability needed or their advisors were not there for them. And now that the dust is settled, maybe now is a good time to re-examine whether there is a better advisor team out there for them. And I think that's where the good advisors were able to sort of shine. I love the idea that, you know, recruiting is coming back and, and you know, there, there's a little bit more normalcy to some of the day-to-day. But I, I want to ask you really what I would consider almost the cabillion dollar question here, which is, we know that we're our clients are finding great success creating their custom content, pushing it out using social media. You touched on a couple of things here that, that we don't personally do at this point here at Top Advisor Marketing, but I want to know what's really working, right? So our audience is always looking to this podcast to find out from the best minds like you, what is really working for your clients in financial services? So uh, just wax philosophical, brother. What, what do you got going on and what are you seeing that advisors are just, they're killing it with right now? The biggest, I would say the last, the 120 days, the things that have really been the biggest driver for new clients, for our clients have been, a lot of them have been taking the time and making the investments to re-up their website, whether to improve the SEO, whether to improve their, the, the, the digital design experience, whether to, to figure out what their messaging was. But, you know, the website is very often, particularly in a, in a post-COVID environment, the first thing that prospects look at. And if it's not something that's attractive or tells the wrong story, or if it's hard to, to navigate, it, it's not a great first impression. So websites surprised us, to be honest. Back in April, we had quite a few clients. And again, we work with some big, you know, large RAAs, but we deal with their advisors on the front lines. And a lot of them were investing marketing dollars to update their site. So we loved seeing it. We love the fact that they had the confidence there, but that was, I would say, the, a big one. And a lot of advisors overlook it. Maybe in sort of this post-COVID environment where digital is really going to be much more significant, they'll recognize the importance of a website. But it, it sounds so simple, but that has been a big one. Traditional Actually, media hey, hey, public ho- relations. Andrew, hold on here. I, what, what, are you, what are they doing with their website? I mean, is, are they doing anything fundamentally unique and different? Are they more simple? Are they more complex? Uh, can you just talk a little bit more about that before you move into the next point? Yeah, absolutely. It is literally uh, all of the above. A lot of the sites, just in general, from an aesthetic standpoint, from a design standpoint, it didn't look good. It wasn't terribly attractive. The messaging was wrong. I mean, you know, we work with branding, you know, branding specialists who can sort of figure out the best way to, from from a website standpoint, to convey what brands are looking to uh, to tell. But very often, there's either not enough content or particularly there's too much content um, and it's too dense and it's not optimized for, for, for mobile or tablet. I mean, there's a million reasons why a web experience just isn't a, isn't a good one. Very often it comes down to, you know, really sort of redefining, you know, who the advisors are, what they want to be, who they want to service, and then selling that story in a really concise way, which is hard to do because, you know, a lot of advisors, it's simplicity. A lot of advisors think will sort of equates with, it, it doesn't line up with sort of the intellectual work that they're doing. And from a marketing standpoint, you know, we're not looking to undermine the, the deep level of insights that they're bringing to the table. 
But you know, particularly from a marketing standpoint, we can consider the customer journey in terms of discovery and doing research and then meeting. It's a multi, multi-step process, as you know. And so very often we found that our clients were trying to tell the whole story in that first, it's almost like going on a first date and just telling every single thing and getting everything, everything, every story out. You kind of have to keep your powder dry and you want to do things in sort of the right order. And so advisors recognize that and switch things around on their website, whether it's introducing blogs or videos or podcasts. I mean, there's a million different content strategies they could launch, but you know, very often it doesn't come down to that. Very often it's just advisors weren't telling the, the most effective story they could for a million reasons and simplifying things, really drilling, drilling down to you know the value that they bring, why they're passionate about what they do and who they want to service there's a better way to tell that. And, you know, you can get, you know, a little bit more complex and start talking about SEO and SEM, but in simple things, just having a, um, using your website as, as a lead generation tool, rolling out content. And, you know, if, at first our clients were very focused on high level things, but when the dust settled and things started with the markets bouncing back, they were able to sort of, you know, segment, the, segment their clients into different buckets and figure out these types of clients want to get this type of content and they want to receive it this way, this often. And this is how often these clients want to receive content. I mean, it's them understanding, okay, we have a book of business and every client is different. Their financial situation is different. Their financial needs are different. And guess what? The way they want to engage with their advisor is different. So it's really sort of just optimizing and digitizing that experience, which again comes back to what you said early on about how this is really redefining that client experience. The expectations changed completely overnight. And so advisors took them a little bit of time to sort of figure out how they can pivot to that. But again, the website, it's, it's, it's the first place people go. It's, 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 it, that's your, that's your digital, you know, DNA. So people really took a lot of time and care to make sure it was reflective of who they were, what they do. And again, why you know, their whole value add for, for, for being an advisor. Right. Now, when it comes to, you've used the word 24 uh, seven pretty, pretty frequently in this, which I think might scare the audience a little bit you know, they're like, uh-huh. dude, how, how in God's name do I, I mean, really, <laughs> how am I how am I available 24-7? But with digital marketing, that's possible. Break that down for them, please. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm, not, I'm certainly not looking to, to scare people off. You know, I, I think you know, when we think about sort of the, the post-COVID environment, you've got that first, say, 60 days or so that, look, it was, it was an extremely tense, volatile, scary, uncertain time. And, you know, I think uh, what our advisors were telling us, you know, during those first, you know, 30, 60 days where they were fielding calls morning, noon, and night. And at the same time, they were worried about their own families or in their children, or maybe their parents. I mean, it was just, it was a really tense time for everybody and clients who, you know, even if they were motivated and they had a really good plan in place, there was a lot of fear and that led to an uptick in calls. So those first 30, 60 days were tough there. But I'm certainly not looking to sort of set the tone that our, our advisors now are working, you know, Sunday night at 8 p.m. It was more, though, to just to show, you know, how much they were there for their clients during that tremendous time of need and all the loyalty and goodwill that they built from it. But getting back to your, your, your second point in terms of how digital can help advisors, I mean, it, it does change things. And when clients or prospects reach out, you can get automatic messages back to them right away. They can have experiences. It doesn't necessarily need to all be within the confines of say nine to five. They can do some research. They can submit their contact information online for additional content. There's ways that they can really start to understand you know, the advisor and their team and their practice before they ever get on the phone or, or on a Zoom. 
which I think is beneficial. And again, it, it speaks to the need for, you know, having proper digital marketing strategies in place and recognizing the value that it brings but to us. I mean, the, the main value that advisors offer, it's, you know, they're, 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 it's their relationship building skills. And it's a fact that they can help people feel more confident with very complex needs. And there are very few things in life more complex than, than financial goals and, and realities and making sure you have it, you know, having a plan in place. So, you know, I think that type of skill translates to digital in a very effective way. And clients and advisors are, you talked about the advisor, you know, posting photos from their boats. I mean, it's important to remember your clients are people too. Yeah, if you're heading out and you're going to a winery, they might want to see a photo of that. It doesn't mean that you're not, you know, you're, you're lazy or you're always out at a winery. I mean, it's, that's what clients are looking for. And websites, of course, it's, it sounds so simple and easy, but it's, it's the first place advisors should look on. And then content being second and thinking out, you know, what kind of content do you want to get out there? What's the most effective medium? How often is it is enough that it's effective, but it still doesn't interfere with the work that you're doing? Who are your clients? Are they younger? Are they older? All of these things come into play in terms of, you know, the type of content you're going to create. That then translates to the social platforms that you're going to distribute that on. But I, I think the virus is really sort of, like I said, level set it a lot put everybody on the same sort of footing, humanized a lot of advisors and their clients in turn. And again, this comes back to just you know, clients being very good at relationships and listening to their clients, understanding what they're looking for and coming up with a way that can bring them peace of mind. I love the idea of uh, uh, posting pictures in, in my most successful advisors that I used to coach and consult and the ones that we're working with now have that human approach because it, it, they're great points of connection. You don't want your clients always walking into your office talking about the performance that you don't have a lot of control over, right? You want to talk about life because that's what you're helping them do is live their life worry-free, hopefully, from their finances because that's what they're paying you for. I love the idea of sharing those things, and I love it when people do that more and more. We actually do that with podcasting. We'll have our clients interview People who they really look up to or that they love or that they've hired to do stuff like swing golf clinic people, yoga instructors, all of this stuff. And then you start really yeah. getting to see the advisor's personality, which yeah. is – remember – that's what they actually probably hired you for because advisors are a dime a dozen. I can throw a rock from where I am right now and I can hit like eight advisor offices, right? So what they want is to know that you're unique and different and there's that connection point in the more human that you can come across the better off you're going to be. All right. Before we wrap up today, what questions should I have asked you, dude? You know, I, I prepare for these and, you know, you sent me some stuff that you wanted to talk about, which by the way, was freaking perfect. But I kind of get in my own head every once in a while. Was there something I should have asked you or something, a direction we should have gone that I didn't? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's hard to talk about 2020 without COVID coming into play. And it's, you know, when we were thinking about, you know, what to tackle and what to talk about, I kept going back and forth in terms of, you know, taking that off the table. It, it seemed, even though it's a couple months in, it seemed a little bit too, too much of a high impact situation to, to not address, even though there might be a little bit of COVID fatigue. But at, at the risk of, of being insensitive in terms of the impact the virus has had, you know, as we look at the landscape now, we, we do true firmly believe that, you know, this was an opportunity for advisors to really sort of shine and, and really sort of reemphasize and re reconnect with clients who maybe sort of forgot about them a little bit in terms of the value that they offer. Clients need a financial plan and they need all of, all of that stuff, but, you know, they're, they're looking for that sort of additional relationship and making sure folks really sort of know them. And we work with a lot of big firms who recruit heavily from the wirehouses. And when they come over and we have our first chat with them, I mean, it's really harding to hear from them in terms of how excited they are to have an opportunity to engage with 
their their clients and they were you know a lot of the large wirehouses restrict you know what they can do on social and certainly what they can do with media and when we sit down with them and say hey listen we want to know who you are what makes you tick what makes you different who are your clients i mean once they start opening up on those things you can just literally see them although now it's through zoom of course and not in person the smile comes some color shows up in their face they really get excited and that's what we're looking to try to help them show because it Again, it's what you mentioned with the advisor with the boat or, you know, others focusing on yoga. Clients aren't just robots who only care about portfolios and rebalancing and indexing. They want folks that they could have dinner with or play around a golf with or you know, join a book club with. And you, know, you need to make sure that boundaries are set, of course, but it's a relationship business. It always has been. And one of the reasons I think looking back right now that RIAs have done a really effective job with is sort of just bringing that humanizing who they are. And it's ironic that they had to do it within the confines of, you know, their computer and Zoom and all of these things, but it really did give them an opportunity. And I think RAs did a fantastic job. It really sort of showed the value that they offer. They really cemented current relationships. They used it as an opportunity to connect maybe with some clients that they lost touch with. And all of these things are going to help them grow their business and bring more prospects in. And like I said, I mean, it's in times of need where people really remember who was there for them. And, you know, I run a small business. I remember, you know, going back a couple of months and folks who reached out offering support or just checking in. I mean, it really meant a lot, even if it didn't need anything, it was just kind of heartening there. So I think advisors, that's their stock and trade. And I think they're, uh, you know, 2020 was, was a, a real hurdle for everybody, but I think that they did a fantastic job. And I think uh, it's uh, some hurdles, certainly in, in horizon, you know, the clouds on the horizon over the next couple of months. I mean, there's no shortage of, of daily concerns these days, but um, advisors killed it. They did a fantastic job. And I think, uh, I think their clients recognize it and I think they'll be better off for it. Advisors always talk about, <laughs> well, I really love this client and, and they just don't sometimes take that next step and realize, well, maybe I should do some of those things with those clients because, you know, uh, <laughs> they'll actually maybe bring their friends and I can get to meet more people and, and help more people. Uh, but, Andrew, this was freaking awesome, dude. It's always such a pleasure. Thank you for coming back on the show today. If anybody wants to reach out to you and find out a little bit more about what Water and Wall can do for them, what's the best way for them to reach out? Best way for us, go to our website, uh, waterandwall.com. Got a ton of good case studies up there and some good content. We're very heavy on LinkedIn as well. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have a conversation. And uh, yeah, Matt, this was a blast. appreciate you um, having me back on. I hope you have a good Labor Day weekend. And I am looking forward to that too. And so uh, just to do a, a quick summary here, it doesn't really seem to matter if you are in the world of marketing and you work with larger companies, smaller companies, Wall Street advisors, mainstream advisors, it is about the human connection that you can maintain using appropriate digital marketing. Because you have to communicate to that ideal client and prospect in the medium they prefer while they're there with custom content or original content, your thought leadership. And by being active on digital surfaces, whether that's shooting video and sending it out to your clients that they can watch at their convenience to quell their concerns or to give them the opportunity to see your face and know that you're, you're still breathing and you're still there, or subscribing to your podcast, subscribing to your blog, following you on social media, and even sometimes just picking up the phone, text messaging them, whatever's their preferred means of communication. We're starting to hear that from everybody who's playing in this marketing space that we play in too. 
we would love to be able to help you, but you know what? Maybe maybe Andrew's group uh, is way better for you. We don't care. This is why we bring magnificently smart people like Andrew on our podcast, because it doesn't matter who you market with. What matters is that you market. Get your voice out. Stop being the best kept secret in your area and do your best to be your own loud. So for everybody at Water and Wall and all of us here at Top Advisor Marketing, guess what? We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.